Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And hello, garden friends. We hope you are travelling fabulously well out there and uh, enjoying life. The lovely Catherine Clinton is taking your calls this morning on 94841927. And John Glidden, our researcher extraordinaire, is here looking after us all, as always. So thanks to the guys uh, in advance for the work that they do. And dynamic duo, we had Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton setting the pace this morning with nostalgic music and always cracking entertainment. Jim Crinan wrapped up the breakfast show with his cycling update just now. And he returns at 10am with the classic 70s. Good morning, Faye Akaro. Good morning, Ray Burton. It's pretty busy in here, isn't it? It's very, very busy. (laughs) The changeover is busy. It's just uh, a little bit of a whirlwind, isn't it, on a Saturday morning. We love it, don't we? We certainly do. And the emails have been flooding in. They certainly have. Yes, and of course, next week is our final show for the year. Wow. And then we have a break. Yeah, it's gone fast, hasn't it, this year? It's just it absolutely sure has. flown. I don't know if I've recovered from Christmas of last year. And here we are again. So, yeah, and we'll be back mid-January, of course. So we do have a bit of a, a hiatus and uh, catch our breath and get into our own gardens and catch up on a few things and, yeah. And the festive season is upon upon us. us. It really is. When I came in this morning, I was thinking, oh, might have to put my thinking cap on as to what gardeners can can do to create little gifts and decorations from their gardens on a budget. Nice. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Make the most of what you've got, I say. Definitely. (laughs) And, and And I think there's nothing nicer, right? I mean, I'd be very happy to receive something from someone else's garden for mine. Just like this huge <laughs> bucket of flowers in front of me that Faye is pointing to as I'm speaking. It's absolutely eye-catching, I think because of the deep greens and the whites and the reds. and well, It's just a beautiful. Grab my eye as soon as I walked in. You know, I've, it's like a I, my eyes are trained somehow. They just <laughs> magnetise onto plants. Yeah. I get that. Well, I call it a Mr Squiggle bucket because it's like a... a compilation of this that and the other and it's up to you to to make How, magic, to make magic. i will I do that mm. today and i shall send you the pictures uh, of proof i like to get quite creative and artistic and there's so many things in your garden that you can pop into a vase that you don't think about just you know a leaf here you know of something that you wouldn't necessarily pick so. foliage and fruit i love i love all of that yes mm. so our show today interesting lineup it is. It's it's busy. Well, we started off with one guest, and then oh, yeah, I had I kind of had a, a busy week, and you then did. then you a did. couple of others um, came to the fore, and it was like boom, boom, off okay. we go. And we've got AB Bishop. We love speaking to her now. She is the horticultural editor of Gardening Australia magazine. Big job, and we're chatting about this. I find very interesting coast to coast differences in weather, soil, and plant species, and, and I. Often when we watch the gardening shows, except for what's done here locally like Gardening Gurus, we 
we, I often am amazed at the soil differences over there. And I do watch these programs and go, look at their soil. You know, it's just so much better. So I'm really interested in, in, in her, her comments and discussion around that. Now, also, there's a coming up issue of Gardening Australia magazine. And it just so happens there's a feature story in it by our very own Faye Akaro. We shall talk more about that. And of course, at five past nine, we're chatting to Jeanette O'Keefe. Now, she's from the Country Women's Association of Victoria. They have released a book called The Thrifty Gardener Book. And I have it in front of me. It's a gorgeous little book. It's a small book. Like, that's what I like. It's just sitting in my hands. And it's a great size. This is a excellent stocking filler excellent <laughs> yes. gift it's better than a stocking filler actually and uh, there's just money saving tips and know-how for a flourishing garden and of course anything to do with the country women's association all around australia is absolutely amazing and the recipes that are in here ooh, ooh. i'm just thinking right you know we should maybe keep that here and we could just distribute pearls of wisdom out of this through book. the year from yeah. the book. Yeah. And then we could give it away later, but we we could share the information it's, it's for the great. next it's 12 a, months. It's a beautiful book about edible and ornamental gardens and seasonal planting guides and growing from seeds and then cooking with your bounty. So we're chatting to Jeanette O'Keefe at five past nine about that. And then we're also being joined at nine o'clock by Dr. Daryl Hardy our resident senior entomologist and he's going to do a bit of a wrap up give us an update of what's new out there and believe you me there's more as there always but is. wait there's more yeah but wait there's more and so he will be giving us a good update of um what's happening and what i guess citizen a citizen science and people out there how you can assist um deeper well it is the, a very their, important e excellent role. work yes oh my goodness and of course even in today's emails some of these are candidates for the My Pest Guide Reporter app. Oh, we've yeah. we've got a, a weed issue here, yeah. one that needs to be identified, and, of course, what's eating my leaves. Yeah, yeah. And there's quite a bit eating leaves at the moment, let me tell you. <laughs> there and, is. Uh, there really is. And uh, so it's, uh, it's game on out there. And, of course, we're catapulting towards Christmas. We're thinking about how our gardens are looking and what we can add in those last-minute touches. Yeah. For sure. Now, what struck me this morning when I was out in the garden, Ray, was the little birds that yeah. were flitting around. And um, I, I know that we have scrub wrens and they've been nesting in the mm -hmm. gardens in a few different locations, but they love all that that growth down at ground level. So I've got a plumbago hedge, which is very dense. Mm. I always have to keep cutting back. And then it sort of rambles across the ground and pops up again. They love they that. They, that. It's where they hide. They like scrubs. So if you're, you're thinking about creating habitat in your garden, don't just think about the clean lines and definition mm. between everything. Think about who can live there. And mm. sometimes a, a weedy part of the garden mm. is the best part of the garden because that's where birds pick up bugs and, and seeds that are dying down. And my news of the week, good things do happen. We have another rainbow bee eater's nest on the property. Oh, you do? Mm. Okay. Yes. How amazing is that? And that How did is, you discover it? I was, I was looking and I was watching the birds and... I saw one fly up from the ground mm. because they nest in the ground. 
And this part of the property is degraded. The We've had weed through there. We've um, The weed waddles cut that down. And the, the soil is barren. It's hard. It's weedy in the winter. And nothing's growing in the summertime. Mm. That is the perfect environment for them to create their nest. Yeah. And then they use a dead banksia mm. as their sentinel or lookout. And then there'll be another dead banksia that's fallen. So that's habitat for lizards and and fungi and all sorts of things. So there is such a cycle of life. Mm. But not controlling everything. Leaving and respecting parts parts of the garden for other things to happen, mm. unexpected wonders. Yeah, no, very, mm. very important. I 100% agree. Now, yes, I do think we'll be getting a few mango calls today. We've got one now uh, from our good buddy Karen in Queen's Park. Good morning to you. Good morning, ladies. Good morning and welcome back, Karen. Thank you. But my garden, I think, uh, is not liking it that I was away. Ah, so many yeah. things have, I don't know, my neighbor was looking after it and watering everything. But there's so many problems that I, I, maybe an alien has visited my garden in the meantime and just jinxed it or whatever. I don't know. So many things are going wrong and, and I have got him. But I'm only asking the main question is, <laughs> uh, which I've never had any problems with the mango tree, a little bit of fungus last year. But uh, the, the lower branches, the leaves are getting black blotches now. I've never had that before. Mm, I, it's possible that it is anthracnose, mm. uh, which can affect mangoes. Uh, one of uh. the products I like for treatment of that, probably because I have it in the shed, is anti-rot. And that acts like a tonic and can can certainly help. Another one is mancozeb and then... If you're going to use that, just follow the directions on the box. But perhaps take a leaf with you to the garden centre if you do need um, to go and get something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or it's a great candidate for the My Pest Guide Reporter app. Have you used that before, Karen? No. Oh, you would love it. Um, it's an app that you get on the phone. So it's mm -hmm. called My Pest Guide Reporter. And it's very uh -huh, easy uh -huh, to okay. take photos. So you take a photo of the whole tree yeah. mm -hmm. because this gives scale and it also shows context. So you know, there might be a, a brick wall or the base of the plant might be choked. Uh, a close-up of mm. the leaves and just a general closer-up photo as well. And you send that in and you just describe where you've found this and what the problem is and they get back to you in a reasonably quick amount of time identify what the problem is and also the treatment okay great thank you it's uh it means it's full of fruit no little little tiny fruit i don't know whether they will stay but it looks healthy otherwise it's pretty big or it's five six seven meters high yeah. i don't know i should have cut it back earlier but uh, i never did and now everything seems to get out of hand. I've got so many problems. I don't know whether you remember I once asked you about my snow bushes, uh, um, which they have just about all died. They've all bore holes. I, I can't just break off the stalk. It looks horrible. The whole, the whole hedge is gone just about. Okay. Well, this certainly, if you've got borers in yeah, there, whether exactly. it's an identified or unidentified mm. pest, I don't know if, if they're really tiny holes. I don't know if they are one of the candidates or host plants of the mm -hmm. polyphagous shot, shot hole, hole borer mm. uh, but 
if you have got lots of problems, Karen, then this pest guide reporter is probably your best friend. It's, it'll be gold. Uh-huh. These borers are in the soil, I would say, and they go from plant to plant. There is a moth that will have its life cycle in the trunk of some trees or stems uh-huh, of plants. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, okay, good. But uh, look, they're all, I think they're just about all gone. So I have to, I have to, I was wondering whether I should take all this soil out as well and renew first, the soil. First of all, you've identified um, mm-hmm. a symptom or a, a problem. Let's mm-hmm. work out what that is. Then we will know more about its life cycle and then we will understand more about the treatment of the, the area. But we get it identified first, then we know yeah, what we're yeah. dealing with. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And my, my, I have one more question. I haven't asked you so many any questions for the last couple of months, so I'm allowed it's to ask. It's all built up, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the citrus, my citrus plants, the, the leaves are... Even though I have given them some slow-release fertilizer, but uh, the leaves are getting yellowish and, and you can see the veins. What are they lacking? Yep, Karen, I completely understand. We've had such a slow start this year. It's been very mild and citrus mm-hmm. like the warm weather. The, their roots and their whole system get going in warm weather. It, why we don't sort of do much with them in winter. So slow-release fertilizer is just that. It's slow release, but it's when the plant is actively growing. And because there's been a slow start, that makes sense to me. What you could do is give it a foliar feed, um, something like uh, flower and fruit or a liquid fertilizer for flowering and fruiting plants, half strength and pour it over the plant and it will take it in through its leaves and green up a bit sooner. Uh, Okay, great. Okay, good. No, I know I have got something to do over the weekend, definitely. You sure do. To do but, <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much, ladies. And then it's nice to talk to you again. Please. And you, you too, too, Karen. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. 94841927 is our number. I think on the other side of this, I might give away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. How does that sound? Sounds we'll, like a great we'll, idea, we'll right? Knock it over early. Back in a moment. Well, that was a very pleasant little Christmas jingle, wasn't it? Oh, I missed it. Oh, I thought you um, that's what you were reacting to. I just got to. the last little bit. Oh, I thought it was rather cute. Oh. All right, we're in Bentley. Lynn, good morning. Morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I went to Bunnings and got about six hydrangeas. Um, and I put them in the ground and they're all wilted. They all look like they're dying. So what have I done wrong? Are they hard to to grow? It's, it's a transition, Lynn. Yeah. When hydrangeas are grown and brought to flower, um, to, can you tell me about the potting mix? Is it the coir that they're in or are they in soil? Um, <coughs> they're in soil. Okay, that's good. Um, they're, they're sometimes grown in a hothouse or certainly under controlled conditions. So that might be under shade cloth. Uh, they get lots of water and food to, to push them along. I would bring them home and transition them. And, of course, hydrangeas do 
or do need a lot of moisture, particularly in the hot part of the day, they will do very well under filtered or dappled light where there's perhaps the shade of a tree. But also as they get older, they establish their root system. So it's it's going into a bit of a shock. And of course, what was it this week or last week, we had 37 degrees. We had a big, yeah, very hot and, and they will just go limp. But they generally come right back with a good drink of water. Yeah, they all look like they're, they're dying, and I've never experienced anything like this before. They're, they, um, they're well watered, and I mean, maybe I'm not giving them enough water, I don't know, but I give it every day, and they're in semi-shade. Okay, and, um, well, Lynn, um, it might, they may toughen up <clears throat> as time goes on. One of the things I would recommend is get yourself a moisture meter because you can pop that down into the soil and you can tell if it's wet, if the soil has actually, has, if the water has penetrated the soil and if it's wet deep down. Because mm-hmm. you've, got, you've got the root ball that came out of the pot and then mm. you've got soil around it. So, Would you suggest that I take them out of the ground and put them back in the pots? Uh, not, not really. I think I'd give them a chance. Yeah. I think I'd hang on to your receipt because, you know, the that hardware store does have uh, a good return policy. And mm. depending on the variety, yeah, you know, well. it, it may be that they're not not suited for the ground. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about all of the newer varieties. I paid 12 and they were marked down, but when I brought them, they were looking very, very good. And they told me that they were um, selling them because they were bringing Christmas stock in and I totally believed them. They just looked like the other ones and they were okay. And as soon as I put them in the ground, they just started to wilt. There's no green leaves or anything, so... Maybe I'll just give them a dose of sea salt and I didn't realise that they were water guzzlers either. Yeah. Well, they do... Yeah. Well, they to can establish. actually be quite hardy, mm. but it uh, hydrangeas are a funny thing. I, I've got them on a garden bed at the front of my house, which faces south. And that's the way they like to face. They south get east. the hot midday sun... But they will perk up if I give them a mist of water to drop that air temperature. And, you know, they've been there for 20 years Mm. and they go off at times. I cut them back and they come back. As long as the the mix that they're in, they haven't rotted. Mm, I've got them in my garden too, Faye. They're very established. I've never had a problem. I cut them back and they just grow. Yeah, you're you're in a transition period, Lynn. Don't give up. Keep watching them. Cut them back when they flower and look for new growth. And sea soil's a great idea. And one other thing, my little mandarin tree that I bought at COVID that I was going to is now now full of fruit, Faye. Oh, the good girl, Lynn. That little man, that uh, little mandarin tree. Mm. Um, it didn't do anything for about a year, and I was going to take it out of the ground. And I left it there, and then it just went, took off, and it's just abundant with fruit this year. Next, it'll be the next year. 
Oh, look, you you know what you're doing. You've got a green thumb. Yes. Well, we'll see how we go. Uh, watch the space and I'll get back to you in the new year. Yes, please Look report forward back. to it. And you have a lovely Christmas, Lynn. The same to you guys. It's Thank you. Thank you. But have a lovely break. Okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Yes. No. Um, yeah. I, I I can relate to that. And mm. some of these new hybrid hydrangeas and some of these new ones bringing in. She was saying they'll mark down as well. Yes. Yeah, so they may yeah. have sat there for a little while. Yeah. And and what happens? You know, in hot weather they get water. Mm. They dry out. They get water. Mm. You know, the roots might be compromised. They may. They may just push through. It's, it's hard to tell. You bit, play it by ear. A bit more time. And, um, mm. I mean, the other thing is to take one out, put it into a pot and nurture that in a different way and compare. Now, um, Arthur of Rolling Stone has called in. He doesn't. He's having problems with his avocados. One isn't flowering and the other is flowering but not fruiting. Trees yep. are nine years of age. What we will do is put this one aside uh, because we also have another avocado query. So when Daryl comes in, we'll talk about we'll avocados. We'll cover that off. Yep. Okay, so stay tuned, Arthur. And we're going to Bedford to talk about Barbara's Hoya. Good morning. Morning, Barbara. Hello. Barbara, are you there? Hello, Barbara. Who's calling who? Barbara, is, you're with Ray and Faye. Is this Barbara? Hello, is there someone there? All right. There is someone there, actually, on the line, but I'm going to put it back to Kristen. All right, yeah, put right. it back to Catherine. Yeah. Okay, we've done that. And uh, I think we might give away our $75 gift voucher while things are sorting themselves out now. Well, what can you do with $75? Go mm. shopping up at Bigger Trees. Uh, they are the specialists in frangipanis. Massive range, ornamental and fruit trees. They make great Christmas presents as well, don't they, at this time? She's got a massive display and she's gearing up for Christmas, or I should say is geared up. They're even stocking worm farms now. I reckon a $75 wow. gift voucher would get you a worm farm. Uh, and uh, as I say, new stock continually arriving each week. There's always something new to see. You can visit Bigger Trees online at biggertrees.com.au. They've got a great Facebook page. You can have a really good squizzy there as well. And they're located up in Pickering Brook. What's wrong, Faye? Your head's moving from side to side. I'm just sorry, Ray. I'm looking for Barbara. Okay. Online too. She's online too. Mm. Well, it doesn't. It's, um, I've only got one line flashing here, Catherine, and that's line three. So, okay, she's put a hand up in the air. We'll just let that run. Here's John's question. Of course, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here's the question. In his 1973 hit, Tom T. Hall sang about old dogs, children, and what unusual drink. In his 1973 hit, Tom T. Hall sang about old dogs, children, and what unusual drink. Okay, so 94841927, and that $75 gift voucher will be making its way to you this coming week. All right, let me see. We've got lines going in all directions. I'm going to try Barbara again on what I believe is line one. Barbara. Oh, hello. Hi, it was Ray and Faye. How are you? 
I've been having trouble with my hoya on, yes. on that patio. Now I've got I've got a bigger they're in a bigger pot and there's pale pink one and there's a there's a um, a lovely a lovely brighter pink one and they're both flowering at the moment but the leaves are falling off and they're yellow. Now I can't shift it because it's all in tangled into yeah. That's what hoyas do. Do you have any suggestions, ladies, please? Ooh, uh, is it very root-bound, Barbara? Yes. All right. Would it be possible, I know you can't move it very far, but would it be possible to get someone to get it out of the pot and put it into a bigger pot without moving it? Well, no, not at the moment because where it's actually situated, it's sort of on a, a balcony situation, and it's, it's on a, a, a ledge because there's a wooden um, piece going across, and that's where it's sitting. And it's all entangled into this well mesh. So mm-hmm. I think I would have to get somebody to. Yeah, no, I'm just. You'd almost have to either unravel or maybe cut some of the. Well, I'm just wondering, I know. You, you're often controlled by where the growth is, but mm. if a couple of people together can break away the pot mm. and get it into a new pot, in situ. that, that mm. would be probably ideal. Failing that... Because um, they like to be root-bound to well, a degree. The, yeah. yeah. To a degree. Yeah. But and if, do you feed it as well, Barbara? I do. I, I have been feeding it with, um, with Osmocote. And then I, then I also was also feeding it with um, what's the other liquid fertilizer? Um, I forget the name of it now. Well, the, it sounds like you're doing everything right, and it, other than um, the yellowing leaves, some of the leaves, yeah. older leaves, may fall off. Uh, but I, okay. I'm just concerned about the roots, and if it is very pot bound and it's not holding the moisture. Then you could you could add some compost to the top, and possibly you could put a, a dibber down into it, a cone shaped dibber to open up some space and get get some compost down there. Um, that that might be one thing that can help. Um, I think ideally getting it into a pot that's a little bit bigger with some fresh mix would probably it be ideal. Mm. Yeah, I mean I've got a white one as well, but that's in a different pot, and that's beautiful. Mm. Um, it's going fabulously, but this one with the two pinks, it's beautiful at the moment. But I say the least, the yellow. And the How long has it been in the pot it's in, Barbara? Oh, it'll be years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the other thing is, as long as it's not sitting in a saucer with too much water and rotting, because that can cause yellow leaves. And leaf drop. Oh, well, we'll see it is sitting in the saucer, and of course, naturally, I can't shift it at the moment. Okay, well, I have to get something else to shift it, I think. Yeah, just do do check the roots, um, and a yeah. moisture meter is probably a good idea. That that will help you determine Gage. if it's dry or wet. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, ladies. You're welcome, jobs. Barbara. Good luck, Barbara. Take care, mm-hmm. love. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Okay. And we're heading to 
we're on line three. Philomena, good morning. Hello, ladies. How are you this morning? Well, right. Um, Can you ask me? I mean, I'm addressing the question uh, regarding, you know, well, we bought a pond, Roger and myself, uh, for, you know, fish pond. Yeah, lovely. And then that's it. So while we were there, I'm not going to take the name of the business. I just said, while I'm here, can I have a water lily? She says, sure. I said, oh, we've got the water lily and did it in as the instruction says. Now, what's happened is basically the water lily died in a couple of weeks. Then whatever the bag of moss that was given, I said, there's not a lot. That disappeared. So please help me, ladies, because we were knocking around going to pet barn, what have you. We just need a pump to aerate the water. So what would you suggest? Um Philomena, can you tell me how big the pond is and how deep it is, please? 800 by 300. 800 by 300, that's Roger. Okay, all right. Yep, so it's not a bad size. If if it was in winter, that is possibly the reason the water lily died because they're a a warm season plant and they die down in the winter. If you yeah. had a floating, what could be considered moss, a floating yeah. duckweed, and that also disappeared, it's quite yeah. possible, again, because it's winter, and that can go yeah, dormant, yeah. but can come back. Can bounce back. Yeah, but, but there's a lot, um, this is my own knowledge, I mean, I, I'm asking for assistance. The lotus plant, is, has that a, is that a bulb? Is it a bulb? Uh, a, it, more like a corm, I think. But I don't know this. But I believe that you need more depth than three hundred mils. Water lilies right. my understanding is forty, forty right. centimetres depth, and they don't yes. like splashing on the leaves. And lotus right. are even deeper than that. So I don't okay. know what results you'd get if you you compromise that. Um so, and then the I'm I'm gonna rip us over. I basically just said, Oh Roger, get rid of it's dead and it's gone. So let's try, you know, plants, water plants that you can Sure. Oh and there's such a great selection out there, done, Philomena. Yeah. yeah. Philomena, some of the easiest yeah. ones to grow are, are plants that you might already have. Already existing. Like yeah. there's cannas. Right. There's iris. And what we, yeah, what we're really after, Faye, is the um, we just want uh, this is solar panel. I mean, uh, you know, you don't need an electrical point to uh, get the pump functioning. For sure. You know, to aerate the water. Do you know, you don't even have to have a pump because that is a small yeah. pond. I would recommend yeah. getting some duckweed in there. You can okay. put in some pygmy perch. They will clean up any mosquito larvae. You'll have frogs move in. You can even float things like... Uh, coriander or or mint, and that way you can pick edible edibles out of there. Roger, Roger, Roger's listening. I do have a ceramic a, a ceramic frog sitting there. <laughs> I'm Sounds just lovely. All I want to know is the answer about how do we circular, how do we get the water aerated. So you basically give me an idea of how to go about doing that. Well, that's great. Thanks very much for your call, oh, Philomena. We have to move on. We have a lovely day. Bye. You okay. Bye. Bye. All right. And we do have a winner for our gift voucher from Bigger Trees, Robin, a good, our good friend Robin. We know you're a regular uh, in Kingsley. Congratulations, love, and that voucher will be on its way to you this week.
go shopping. Yeah, and do let us know what you get with that. Let's head to Kalamunda. Cherie, good morning. Oh, hi. Um, I have a question about native plants and iron sulfate or iron shelate. Um, my plants are looking a little yellow. They were in a new place and we have a, a limestone retaining wall. The bed is about 300 to 400 millimetres wide and I gave them a dose of the, iron, the Yates iron shelate uh, originally we've been away a few months and they're looking a bit yellow but it does say not to spray when they're flowering and my Garwinia is not looking like it's flowering it did try at one stage but it's going browny yellow I'm just wondering what why mm. can't I spray when it's possibly flowering uh, it, it could potentially affect pollinators but Sheree, oh, okay. I I have have never considered using something so limited like an iron chelate. If okay. if your your plants have an iron deficiency, uh, that might then come back to the pH of the soil. So the start is, yeah. yeah. So the starting point is to know what your pH is, and many yep. natives are quite tolerant. Many limestone walls are not actually limestone um, yep. and it takes a lot for, for limestone to change the pH of soil anyway. I think in yep. Kalamunda you, you're more acidic. Um, yes, but but this is a new building. We've just downsized and, and of course the builders have been in with all their rubbish. Okay. I did dig out as much rubbish as I could but I did also test it. I'm not usually this sort of person. I usually <laughs> stick the plants in if they live, they yep. live. But because of this limestone wall, I did test and it, it was a little um, neutral. Is that the right word? Yeah, if, it wasn't if, acid enough. If, if it's neutral? If it's neutral? Well, yeah, little, the colour showed that it needed a bit more. So I put a bit in and they've been great, but they're starting to look a little yellow. A few of them are flowering and I'm thinking, do I wait? Okay. And then use Can we more? just get you to hold for a second? We'll come right back to you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. We'll put, uh, you're going to the ad break? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Curtain Radio. And we're back. We're just picking up our conversation with Cherie. Are you there? <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, the things no, we have fine. to do. Um, now, the, another reason plants might go yellow, uh, one is they could be hungry, two, they could be too wet, three, if you uh. used a mulch that is considered green, it can pull nitrogen out of the soil and you'll get yellowing in the leaves. Uh, some plants are naturally yellow or have a gold form. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this is this is not a healthy healthy. I have had quite a few Darwinia in this swap, spot before, but not in this, not with this actual garden bed right. uh, before pre-builders. But yeah, it's looking a little brown. Maybe it's it could be too much water. So okay. either too much water or the iron. You think possibly? Uh, I think I, th- I think it's more likely water. Right. Okay. Okay, because we have been away and somebody else was watering, so yep. Okay, yeah. and it was raining a lot. Ah, <laughs> yes, okay. okay. So oh, maybe... Um, taking ages, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just give it some slow-release native fertiliser. With the yes, warm okay. weather, 
uh, yeah. the, the plant will pick up and, and get more colour into the leaves, I suspect. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you very much for that. Okay, Bye. thanks, Shireen. Thank you. Bye. And, of course, the answer to the quiz question, the quiz question was, in his 1973 hit, Tom T. Hall sang about old dogs, children, and what unusual drink. The answer is watermelon wine, of which we have a recipe. (laughs) Funny, that. So, yeah. Yeah. Good question, John. Thank you very, very much. And also... Uh, we have spoken a few times of a new Facebook page called WA Garden Buddies. The administrator is Kerry Dawes doing an amazing job. And it's a very interesting weekend. You need to pop on to uh, WA Garden Buddies mm. and have a look for yourself from today and tomorrow. Uh, some really good stuff going on on this particular Facebook page. In partic- and yeah, this weekend. So, if you can uh, have a, have a have a look, we we do a have a chat on there from time to time ourselves we if we have time. But uh, it's I, I do take my hat off to Kerry. She's working extremely hard on this Facebook page and providing wonderful information for everybody. Now we're trying to get AB Bishop online uh, to have a chat with her, and we're also going to be chatting just after the news with Janet O'Keefe, country. Women's Australia Association, and uh, we're talking about the Thrifty Gardener. And now we do have um, AP Bishop online. Happy days! Um, and we will. Uh, she is the horticultural editor of the Gardening Australia magazine, no less. AB Bishop, how are you? Oh, I'm very well. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Melbourne, oh. and uh, I'm I'm making the most of it. Let me tell you. Oh, I bet you guys are. <laughs> are you nursery shopping? Well, I was, yes. How did you guess? I've been at uh, Karanga Native Nursery just seeing what's new and what's going on there and got myself some nice little goodies. I bet. Are you still working there? No, no, oh. I don't work there anymore. Since I took on the role as Hort Editor, that's um, that's enough for me. I bet. I be. So, I bet. yes, I unfortunately let the Karanga job go, which is a real shame. I've been there for over four years and, of course, love being surrounded by plants and um, seeing all the beauties from WA and getting very annoyed that I couldn't grow some of them. Yeah, but, uh, of course. <laughs> Dream job, though, as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, just to have that constant interaction with mm. to know what's coming into the market and um, you, you always learn little tips don't you when you, you whenever you go to a nursery and you just sort of look at the plants and handling them and seeing what's in flower when and mm. yeah it's um mm. yes but it's just been nice to have a, a couple of days of sun, sunshine after literally weeks and weeks of rain and hail and um so, yeah i think we missed spring altogether and just yeah. went straight from winter into summer as as we do how do the gardens handle that over there oh well um it's sort of different like we're on a bit of a slope Ah. uh, so it's kind of fine but i have to say because i've been weeding which is fantastic time to do it when the soil's all wet the soil is is so wet that the mud's kind of coming up with the plant when you pull them up so Mm. it's um uh, we're sort of lucky we haven't had as much as some of the uh, sort of northeastern um, parts have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've really been inundated. I was talking uh, with some people who are in uh, Coffs Harbour this morning and they've had like things like a metre and a half of rain or something and Good their grief. poor gardens are just mm. drowning. Drowning, drowning, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I've got a, well, 
I've got, I had an acacia scarlet blaze, which is the only um, red flowering acacia. And um, as you probably know, acacias really generally prefer dry conditions. And I slowly watched it turn yellower and yellower and yellower as it kept raining. So frustrating. Mm. It was looking so beautiful after a couple of seasons, but. Uh, there you go. Can't be helped. You're always going to have some losses, and I guess now I've got a nice little space for for another one. Yes, we have to look at it like that. Now you've got an edition coming up with the Gardening Australia magazine uh, very soon with uh, a story written by our very own Faye Caro. Absolutely, yes. So Faye um, very kindly wrote us a um, an article on Melaleuca. So it's yeah. on the uh, the genus Melaleuca. I mean, it's such a broad genus, of course. Um, but she's done a fantastic job of just sort of encapsulating what the plants are, and I mean, they're everything from ground covers through to tall yeah. trees. So. Yeah. Uh, she's done a beautiful, beautiful job of just um, in- including some of that are really popular and showing the different coloured forms and explaining what they're useful for and habitat and shade and all that, those things. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely story. So people would would commonly know these as perhaps paperbarks or honey myrtles and they're mm. going off right now. The The flowers are just abundant and the insects love them. So, of course, yes. so do the birds. Yes, that's right. And being in the uh, eucalyptus family, uh, they're very high in nectar, so that's why, yeah, all the critters absolutely go nuts for them. And, uh, yeah, the paperbarks, I mean, people, they're, they're so sort of evocative and, and iconic in a way, and when you when you see a paperbark, you know it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they are sometimes also called tea trees, but that is usually the uh, common name that's given to the Leptospermum yeah. genus. But, uh, yeah, so many beautiful Melaleucas, and they're found all over the country as um, obviously, Faye knows I'm just repeating all, well, and that, that's all the thing, information. You know, we, we were going to talk this morning about soil and plant species and how it differs from coast to coast. And it was really quite a task because writing a story about Western Australia is one thing, but then yeah. sort of covering Tasmania and the Northern Territory as well is quite quite another. But these, these plants, they go from uh, fully flooded... To drought, like they are your future-proof plants. Yeah, absolutely. And and funny you mention that because Angus Stewart's got a <laughs> future-proof your garden. We've got the book here <laughs> in our hands. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. And it's such a good book. And he talks about those plants. So, so mm. in the Myrtaceae family, which is the bottle brushes and and Melaleucas and things, which, as you say, they they can just withstand anything pretty much that you throw at it. You know, most of them are fine with at least some frost. Um, and, yeah, flood conditions, drought conditions, they they just um, are such good performers. We're so lucky in Australia, aren't we? And, and particularly in Western Australia, we have, oh, you know, people complain about our sandy soil, but I tell you what, the diversity of plants that live here is out of this world. Oh, I know. I thought you'd start boasting at some point during the conversation. And, you know, it's just not on. It's not on. Well, you're jealous, aren't you? <laughs> we are. We're all jealous over here. Oh. Um, but we, we do our best to try and grow some of the some of the beauties that you've got from over there. But, um, 
Um, I'm a, of course, the classic kangaroo Paul being yeah. first and foremost. And I, I tell you, that those plants just, not that I work at the nursery anymore, but they would just walk out of the nursery. And during yeah. lockdown, when everybody decided they were a gardener, yes. um, we there was only time in the four odd years that I've been there where we didn't have one kangaroo pool. Like usually there's like 200, 300 there. And there wasn't one on the shelf. It was just insane. But, uh, yeah, so we all love our kangaroo paws here. And um, and different um, varieties do well. And we're learning how to grow them properly and not use um, um, sort of woody mulches around them and things like that. But, uh, yes, we're very envious of your beautiful flora. So, AB, could I be rude? We need to go to a break, but could we get you to stay on the line and we'll of come course. straight back to you? I'm of sorry, because I know we should have been speaking to you at 20 past, so it's our <laughs> fault, so I apologise for that. And we'll be straight back to you, love, to pick up uh, no the problem. conversation. Thank you, thank you. 100.1 You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're currently chatting with AB Bishop, the horticultural editor of the Gardening Australia magazine. Are you still there, AB? Sorry to do that to you. I'm still here. You know what I was thinking? I watch TV programs on, you know, over your side that, you know, are on, on air quite regularly, and I, I envy your soil. I look at the soil and think, oh, they're planting vegetables in this magnificent <laughs> medium. You know, and but Faye's saying to me off air that, that the East Coast envy our soil because of the things that we can grow because, uh, you know, we have obviously a drier... A soil which which and suits. sand we have sand and you yes. <laughs> but I envy I envy when I watch these programs I look at what you're planting in I'm going oh you know I just about slide off my my, my lounge chair uh, with envy well, I, I know what you mean but oh. I have to say that a lot of um, the area is actually clay soil so you yeah. need to do a lot of work if I had the choice between clay or sand I would pick clay any day because yeah. even though it's hard to work initially it's still got that moisture retentive and and it you know can hold nutrients really well whereas sand obviously i'm not i'm not telling you anything new everything just rushes straight through it yeah but yeah so we i i would have clay any day but where i am it's rocky clay and my spade is a crowbar Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, It's no. so frustrating. And you go out, and I, I try mostly to plant um, tube stock plants because otherwise it just takes forever to yeah. dig a hole because yeah. you're putting the crowbar in and every strike you're hitting oh, a rock and you've word. got to deal with the rock. And it's just it's so frustrating. But, I mean, the veggie garden is different because we've built up the beds and that that is very different. But I know what you mean. I, I definitely would prefer to have a clay soil than a sandy soil. But it's funny on TV, they don't show the crowbar. <laughs> no, no. And they always show people with nice loam Soil. I know, I, I know. Yeah. No, I think that of Tassie Gardens, I think, oh, yeah. they've got some, some beautiful soil down there. And I guess we all envy something that we don't of have. Of course we do, because some of the plants <laughs> you can grow over there, we obviously can't and, and vice versa. Yeah, yes. and we want, yes, we want it all. Right. Actually, a plant which I recently discovered, I had no idea um, about it, is called, oh, now it's going to... Orange Immortel, I think, which is the Waitsia acuminata, which is a little native daisy and which is indigenous to you guys. 
It is the most gorgeous little thing. I can't believe that I'd never seen it before, but... Um, uh, yeah, face face Googling. <laughs> yes. And, and, yeah, just have a look at it. It's just insanely gorgeous. Like, it's a ground cover, essentially, just a ground uh-huh. cover daisy, sort of along the lines of the um, just the paper daisies, the zero crisis oh, and things like yeah, that. that old and, thing. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, but it's just so gorgeous and I can't believe that I've never seen it over here. Well, there are carpets of them here in wildflower (laughs) season when you get out, out from the city um, and take a drive up to Colseam National Park. I mean, our, our countryside comes alive in spring after the rains. It's amazing. But yes, they are gorgeous, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're, they're just so pretty. And, I mean, things like the Lachinoltias and oh, yes. um, they're just exceptional. Actually, I'll tell you what, we've got the Melton Botanic Gardens here. If, if I know you guys are hopefully coming over for um, the Flower and Garden Show. Um, it's definitely worth going to the Melton Botanic Gardens because they've got – it's pretty much Australian or South African plants. Mm. I don't know why they bothered the South Africa, but they should have just stuck with the Australian. And they've got a lot of WA plants. And whenever I go there with friends, we just are running around screaming and ooing and yeah, ahhing. And yeah. because they've mounded up the beds really well, so that drainage is perfect. And they've used really um, relevant soil, that really nice sort of sandy soil, but it's got a bit of oomph to it, so it holds a bit of moisture. And the, the plants are just exceptional. Oh, AB, so much to be excited about. We've actually got blue, pale blue Lachinoltia flowering in our bush at the moment, like almost a metre spread. That and the little pinky purple honey myrtles and the rainbow bee eaters are nesting and the black cockies are coming in for the banksias and the Christmas trees are starting to bloom. It's yeah, it's special. It's a different world here, (laughs) (laughs) some would say. Which Christmas trees? Nutsia floribunda. Mm. Oh, of course. Mm. Of which they are disappearing at a rate of knots, but we won't have that chat now, will we, AB? No, no, because that's a really long chat. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So we'll let you get back to your weekend. When can people access Gardening Australia magazine with with the Faye article in it? When will it hit the stands? So that'll come out, um, they they usually come out sort of the middle of the month before. So that's for the January issue. So it'll be coming out mid-December. Fantastic. Yeah, so look out for it. It's a great article. And what else is in that magazine? Can you touch on anything else? Um, oh, my goodness. I'll put you on the oh, spot. So yeah. No, no, that's right. Of course, um, no. <laughs> completely drawn a blank because you're working so far ahead it's actually really hard and like i can relate Mm. we're working on february at the moment and i'm looking at valentine's plants i'm like oh can we just get through christmas please exactly well on that note young lady we wish you a wonderful christmas you and yours and uh, we'd we'd love to speak to you in the new year and um yeah all of the best and thank you for giving your time to us uh throughout the year keep up the good work ab Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Pleasure. All right, you look after yourself. Okay, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, let's cross to the news.
Mostly sunny today with a maximum of 27. Right now we're sitting on 21.6 degrees and you can expect the minimum overnight to be 15. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 31. And going from Sunday into Monday, the maximum will be 32 and it will be mostly sunny. And it looks that way for the rest of the week, actually. 31s and mostly sunny, so... Excellent news, not too hot. We've all been looking forward to a little bit of better weather, I should say. I had my air conditioning on this week and the week before, I'm pretty sure I had the heater on. (laughs) Yeah. And our rainfall uh, for December right now, of course, is sitting at zero. Who knows what will become of that. Now we have Mr. Bugalugs has joined us in the studio, Dr. Daryl Hardy, and uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. And uh, we're right now going to chat with Janet O'Keefe from Country Women's Association in Victoria. We're talking about the Thrifty Gardener book, gorgeous little handbook that we have with us today. Good morning, Jeanette. How are you? Good morning, Faye. I'm very well, thank you. And I'd have to agree, I think it is a gorgeous little handbook. It really is. so useful. How did this come about, Jeanette? Well, we've been working with Murdoch Books for a couple of years to promote uh, some of our other cookbooks and put together other little books um, to, I suppose, just to commercialise some of our um, information and to get it out into the general public not just amongst our members. And it's been a wonderful association with Murdoch Books. And Thrifty Gardening is actually the third in our Thrifty series. We published Thrifty Household, which is all household hints. Um, Then last year we uh, published Thrifty Cooking. And that little book tells you how to not waste anything. If you've got leftovers in your fridge, what to do with them, how to use the excess produce from your garden when you get a, a, a flush of a zucchini for instance and now thrifty gardening again it's in dot point and it's in seasons with recipes all new recipes at the end of each season and it's just such a useful book with lots and lots of information in it and craft ideas for children to do with children in each season so i think people will find it a fabulous little useful book Oh, I think, I think so. Very, very handy. And, of course, Country Women Association all around Australia are known for their cooking, aren't they? Mm, they're sure. Well, are. you really can't have a book uh, from the Country Women's Association without recipes, I don't think. <laughs> oh, <so>. my word. <laughs> well, they've been around a very long time, haven't they? We have, but these are all new recipes in Thrifty Gardening. Yeah. No, you're speaking my language. I I just thrive on this sort of thing. And over the years, I've um, they they used to have a column in the West Australian called Checkout, and it always had good tips and and recipes. And then there's Facebook groups now and apps where you can get lots of lots of ideas and no waste and waste free, etc. But the the timing of this is fantastic because, as Ray said, a great oh. stocking filler. But also New Year's resolutions. Mm. Let's do more with less. Let's yeah. be more frugal. Let's save money. It's full of tips. Use yeah. what we've got. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm loving this book. When when can we get our hot little hands on it, by the way? Well, you can get it now. It it's, should be in all good bookstores, right. in Big W, in Kmart, Target, and your Collins and Dimmicks. I don't know if you have Collins and Dimmicks in Western Australia, have, but any good bookstore will have it. Will have it. It's absolutely wonderful. Can um, you give us some some tips out of it, Jeanette? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it, you know, at the end of the season, uh, zucchini can sometimes Don't have cry. mould on it, yes. Um, so one part milk, full cream milk, one part full cream milk and 10 parts water. Mix it up in a spray bottle that you haven't used anything else to spray uh, any other chemicals or anything else in the little bottle and then spray on the leaves to hold back um, the mildew while you get your last few zucchinis. Another useful tip is to encourage the good bugs into your garden by letting um, your uh, a carrot, I did this last year, a, a couple of carrots in the corner of a vegetable garden that I had carrots growing in, let them go up to seed because they have an umbellifus flower, I think they, they call it that. It's yeah. shaped like an umbrella. Celery does the same. Parsley, well, parsley will go to seed at the drop of a hat anyway. But those those shaped flowers, umbrella-shaped flowers, attract your yeah. bees, your lacewings, butterflies, all those beautiful little good bugs that you need to come into your gardens to um, get the aphids and the other bad bugs that we don't want. Oh, oh I love it. Our listeners have heard that a few times over the year for sure. <laughs> yep, yep, that's, that's my language. Yes, no, it's full of everything. It's an all-rounder book, isn't it, really? It is, there's just, yes. There's just everything. It is. It is. It's divided into the seasons. Yeah. And there's, we've got jobs to do in each season in the ornamental garden and in the productive garden. And it really doesn't matter how big your garden is. My garden, for instance, I'm on a farm in southwest Victoria, so my garden is very big. I've got lots of roses, perennials, huge veggie garden, but I know that very few people are lucky enough to have that size garden. So yeah. if you live in an apartment in the city, we can all grow something, and it's so good for mental health, for physical health, and I'm just encouraging everybody to get out there and do a bit of gardening, no matter how big or small your plot is. Indeed. Yeah. Jeanette, have you got any tips for water saving? Water saving? Well, make sure you mulch well, but not on dry soil. Make sure your soil is wet first and deep water once a week. Um, I'm training my uh, plants here to go without water, to encourage them to put their roots down deep so they can get water that's saved in the soil. And um, I mulch with pea straw, but sugarcane mulch or, you know, I, I'm not encouraging people to put down weed mat because I think that mm. really stops water getting through any rainfall you get. Um, so I think, and use drippers, don't spray water in the middle of the day, obviously, because it's just going to harm your plants and evaporate. Um, and, yeah, just the deep watering, say, once a week and putting mulch down to keep the soil cool and to stop evaporation. Wonderful. Thank you. Have you had a lot of rain your way where you are situated, Jeanette? Oh, don't talk. Don't talk. Okay, <laughs> we were just chatting to someone else who lives in Melbourne and she said you've got a great... Wet, had a couple of great days of weather over there and she's out there making the most of it. I hope that applies yes. to where you are situated as well. Well, we've got the sun out today and mm. it's beautifully warm, but it has just been so cold and so wet. Yeah. And, of course, we've had floods in northern Victoria, which mm. um, are not as bad, obviously, as in New South Wales. Mm. Not as many communities have been affected, but, yes. And we've had disastrous hail and rain on some of the... Um, crops, the wheat and um, lentils and things in the Wimmera and the Mallee. 
But anyway, they're forging on, getting bogged. The headers are getting bogged, but um, they're forging on with harvest as best they can. So yeah. a nice warm summer would really suit us. Really hit the spot, wouldn't it? It would hit the spot. I wish that for you. All right, young lady, thank you so very, very much for your time this morning. And hi- just you. a moment. Oh, um, someone, as, you, as we're talking to you, uh, one of our listeners has phoned in saying in the Dimmock's catalogue in today's paper uh, that the book is uh, being promoted. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually in today's catalogue. There's a Dimmock's catalogue in today's paper and it's in there as well. So perfect, perfect timing. So Jeanette, Not good luck. Time. Good luck with that. Have a wonderful Christmas and thank you when we hope to speak to you. Uh, or your association uh, again in the future. Thank you very much, Faye. Thank, Thank you. Look, look after Jeanette. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, what a lovely chat. That was Jeanette O'Keefe from the Country Women's Association of Victoria. Uh, the Thrifty Gardener book. Yeah, another one. Oh, I was just thinking we we may have to get her back on for cooking tips and oh, well. different things next year. So something else to add to our repertoire. Yes, indeed. Mm. Now... Thank you for joining us, Daryl. You must be you're looking at us with your eyes glazed over. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't. What, what's happening? In I your didn't world? want to interrupt because um, yeah, um, I have my mother's CW, CWA cooking book, and I use the pipe <gasps> recipe. It's very good. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, but I thought you ladies were going for it, and I didn't want to. Yes. Oh it's no, that's, that's a whole I'll, different I'll let, level let, of cooking, isn't yeah. it? Feel yeah. free to join in. Yeah, I, I would, <laughs> but I was just watching as you know because I could see you're so engrossed, and, 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 and she had some good gardening tips too. So we that's do. good. We yeah. do get engrossed. I must say. And now, I speaking of engrossed, I've seen you on Garden Gurus. All right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, just a little stint there. I think I did eight episodes. Eight yeah. episodes. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't very good, was I? Yeah, why? <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. Well, it, radio, I, uh, I find that I, I, I'm fairly natural at it, but television, you know. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. And to get the standard they want, uh, you know, you repeat, 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 redo. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, no, it was Trevor Cochran. It was very good of him. He rang me out of the blue and said he wanted to do some stuff. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to pay me. And, of course, I said I can't be paid because I'm a public servant. Yeah. So um, I did a bit of a deal. I said, look, if I can promote biosecurity as a tagline at the end um, yeah. and the My Pest Guide Reporter app. Win, um, win, win, win. Yeah, uh, I'll do it for nothing. And he says, thanks. And then I got permission from the department. And, uh, yeah, so we did. It's really interesting because you're always doing stuff um, weeks in advance mm. and trying to find the pests. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're not there. So yeah. I spent a lot of time. I had one person looking at me rather weirdly as I was going up our, our laneway looking in the weeds for woolly bears. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, yeah, and there's this person, what's, for, what, what's he got stashed in the laneway? Yeah, yeah so yeah, there's yeah. these sorts of things. So, yeah, so yeah, it's not just a case of you go there and you're talking about a plant. You're going there, you're talking about a plant, you need to show the insects. If you're talking about fruit fly, you need to bring the traps and all that sort of along and set them up. And and then even, you know, because I'm government, I can't do product placement. So I, mm. I have to say that, you know, this is an example of a, um, a pesticide or a, gr- mm. a green solution you could use and things yeah, like that. So, yeah. yeah, it was a very big um, learning curve. Yeah. Um, and I, look, I got really good feedback. Um, yes. A lot of people you don't expect to have seen it come out of the blue and yeah uh, including some very senior people in the in the in the Commonwealth government who said 
great great job on promoting um, biosecurity. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, so yeah, I'm a bit chuffed about it. But you know, we'll see what happens if I get a call back. But you know, you never know who's you watching never know. all this. You, n- you never know. Yeah, and once something goes digital, yeah. I, I, it's out there. So. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, thanks for picking up on that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you were very quiet about it last time you were here. Yeah, well, it was, was, yeah, well, it's all in in production and things like that. Yeah, we're talking about a mulberry tree, we're in Waterman's Bay. Janice, good morning. Good morning, how are you, Ramsay? Very good, thank Thank you. you. Excellent, it's going to be a nice gardening day. I haven't got out yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, my problem is, uh, well, it's not a problem, I hope, but I need you to clarify something for me. I, all of a sudden, I was using old Google and wondering why my um, cutting from an English mulberry tree that was unfortunately ploughed down uh, because of infill uh, in my neighbourhood um, uh, is not showing any signs of fruit after being in there probably about four years now. It's looking really healthy at the moment. Um, very small still, only about three quarters of a metre high, but I'm not getting any signs of mulberries on it. And I, I read that you can get male mulberry trees that never, ever fruit. My question is, because I took a cutting, and I took multiple cuttings and only one is taken, whether it will be true to the original tree? It would be? it be female? Oh, uh, well, it will be... <laughs> I don't know if the sex changes on no, the tree. No, I, d- I don't think so. Uh, um, it shouldn't do unless it's a real shock. I mean, fish can change their sex and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, that's... that's... But that's fish, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think when you take a cutting, it'll be true to type of the tree you've taken it from. Um, the sex thing, I, I don't know about that. What did What variety did you say? It was an old English mulberry tree and it was the most beautiful fruit that fruited just before Christmas and we always, the old gentleman that owned the house used to give us a huge big bowl of mulberries for Christmas. It was wonderful but um, it's gone now and um, yes, I I was desperate to propagate it which I managed to do from one cutting but I don't know whether it's ever going to produce fruit. Cutting is still very very small. Yeah, yeah. I think its size is going to be one of your criteria. So getting it to an age and size uh, is one thing and then making sure it's got sufficient sunlight and to encourage flowering and fruiting, you'd be looking for um, potassium fertilisers. But also if you prune it in winter, you will get some good growth. So you prune it, you will encourage more growth. And so that's right. what I would suggest you doing next winter um, mm-hmm. because yeah. winter pruning promotes more growth in the springtime. And it's a cutting, so its root development may not be there yet. So, yeah, yeah. it needs no. to get established before. So plants can do funny things. If they're mm. under stress, they can fruit because they think they're going to die and, yeah. and, and put the fruit out. Or the other way is they're, they're under stress, so they're trying to establish themselves and they won't fruit. So mm. it just depends. Okay. Well, let's hope it's a female. <laughs> or, or both okay. that'd be even better yeah. oh that'd be great <laughs> alright thanks okay. Janice okay bye cheers for that okay we do have to take a short break when we return we've got Diana and Pam to have a chat with Curtain Radio and we appreciate your company it's 23 minutes past 9 you're tuned to Let's Talk Gutting with Ray and Faye and our special guest in the studio Mr Bugalugs Daryl Hardy 
I'm just copying someone else who calls you that. And they yeah. introduce you at the, on Garden Gurus, is that too? Yeah, that, Dr. Yeah, Bugalugs. Yeah, it seems to have um, caught. It's stuck. Yeah, yeah, so that was originally, um, that was actually an ABC listener I rang am. in and, 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 and coined the phrase. Oh, yeah. very good, very yeah. good. We're in Menorah. Good morning, Diana. Oh, good morning. I just want to know, I'm taking my sweet pea vine off the trellis today. It was very prolific. Had lots of sweet peas. It was lovely. Mm. But it's starting to die off. Can I chop that up and put it on the garden and use as mulch? Absolutely. Or, that... or even dig it in, Diana. I've only got a very small cottage garden. Yep. So I've, I've only got an area like about two foot wide of my garden all the way around the villa I'm in. Well, so, yeah, what I would do is dig a little trench and just lay it in the trench and just half backfill it. And just leave it? Yep. It'll break oh, down, right. it'll put nitrogen back into the soil because that's what peas do. Yes, and all the little pods, a friend of mine said to me, you should keep all the pods for next year. But I don't know, I thought I'd sooner get fresh ones next year because this year nearly all I got were purple. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Reverts back to the common ones. Yes. So, is it, will the pods won't matter if they go into the ground, will they? Not at all. No. All right. Thank you. That's all I want to know. All right. Thanks for the call, Diana. Thank you. Bye. And let's head to. Oh, we can't not go into Lansdale. They are obviously no longer there. Uh, the question is, is it possible to transplant her crepe myrtle? Yes, it is. I believe the best time to do it would be when it's dormant in winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Bare root. Yeah, mm. exactly. All right, let's head to Bicton. Francis, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got the hay fever. Um, I'm ringing about my... Rose, it's a brandy rose, and ah, I've, had yes. it, I've had it's lovely. I've had it in the garden, in the front of my garden on a corner, maybe four years, five years. It's a standard rose, and every time the flowers come, I've got a heap of little flowers on it now, they have a droop. Straight away, their stems are drooping as they're growing. It's never, I felt happy. In, I make sure it's watered, and, you know, and it has rose food at the right time. Done all the good things, um, but it's still it's doing it now. It's got five roses on it, um, and immediately, before they even open up, they start to droop as if they haven't got water, you know, the actual stem. Rose is perfect. Well, um, Ray, unless you or Daryl know, I'm going to throw this one to John and find out why yeah. roses, why, why rose blossoms droop. Some varieties yeah. do. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's usually the... I read, yeah, I was reading its instructions and it says blend blooms on long straight stems. Well, it certainly hasn't got long straight stems. Yeah. 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 Are, they, are the stems, do you think the stems are weak or are they strong stems? They, they look weak. They're mm. floppy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, it's water. Um, um, Deep so, watering. Well, yeah, no, I mean in the stems. So the, the, the plant's mm. growing... Um, so quick it can't keep the water up to it, so it's restricting it. So it's actually not, it's not rigid. And when, when something grows, it's got to put all the cellulose in place. So the yeah. water is like blowing something up, you know, like a balloon. Yeah, you've got to hold it in place 
before it's sort of the cellular set. So if it's not getting enough water, then it will droop and the plants do wilt. Mm. And I'm not saying this is the case here, but that's usually what happens in plants. Yeah. They wilt if they're not yeah. getting enough water. So. Well, that's what I've always thought it has been, so I've always given it um, deep watering. Um, so I know, you know, yes, I've just stuck my finger in again to make sure it's got plenty of water. Um, it's strange, but it's just like it's not getting enough water. Yeah, so is this so, plant on rootstock, or is it... Um this one, because it might yeah, be the rootstock it's on isn't sort of up to supporting the yeah. the, the host. Oh, could be, yeah. It's, um, it's a standard rose. I bought it, you know, it's a tall one. I've never mm. had a standard rose before, so I don't know what it's on. Where um, did you buy it, Francis? I would have bought it at Dawson's probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, we might do a bit more research yeah. into this and <laughs> see what we can find out for you. Yeah, well, why I thought is, I wondered if I just dug it up, but it's not a good time to dig it up, is it? And, and plant it in fresh soil in a pot. Um, but I wonder what would happen, because it does have a cottonwood tree nearby, and it also has a frangie, not a frangie, um, a hibiscus sort of behind it, about a metre or more away from it. But of course, you know, the branches sometimes come close. So I've been pretty careful. But I wonder if it just doesn't like those things. Well, I, I would say the cottonwood hibiscus will be pretty hungry and pretty taking a lot of the water. water. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I reckon you might have a better chance if you do put it in a pot. Yeah, so can I do that now while it's flowering? Well, uh, the best time to do it would probably be when it's dormant, but the second time, second best time would be now. Yeah, I know. I was looking at it, walk back and forth. I thought, I'll just ring and see what to think. Yeah. Um, it's such you, a lovely you'll rose. be the best one to decide, Francis. We'll leave that up yeah. to you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. Good really good. Bye. Thank right, you. Have a lovely day. Bye. Cheers. Okay, and we're in Port Kennedy. Kate, hello. Hello, hello, Faye. Hello, Ryan. Hello to your guests. Oh, it's Kay. How are you, Kay? I'm wonderful, thanks. Are you? <laughs> good, good. Yes, all good. I'm ringing up about my orange tree. Now, can I put some wetter soil in it, let it all bubble up? and then whatever else it does, and then can I put the mulch on top of it or no? Yes, Kay, that would be an excellent idea. Go for it. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, the, if, the, if it's the wetter soil's still there and it's a little bit bubbly, or shall I wait for all the bubbles to go? <laughs> I would just stand there, give it good watering, watch it froth up, watch the water go in, and then mulch. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. Okay, can I drop a little bit of manure? You sure can. I can. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Now, Merry Christmas to you all, and, and, and I'll hear you back in the new year. Yep. Look forward to it, Kay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 She's a breath she's of fresh a, air, isn't she? She's, she's rapid as fire, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. She wants, wants the answer and off back into the garden. <laughs> right, Daryl. Yes. So I'll, I'll go through the list of things because you, you, you got me this time because it was Thursday afternoon. And you said, can you come in? And I said, yes. Um, but yesterday I was doing my recreational skipper's ticket. So I was oh. having to study for an exam. Oh, <laughs> and oh then that's all right. Practical. You know your stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, I passed. So that was good. But anyway, um, so I haven't 
and so I sent an email off straight away, and I got some information back yesterday of what's because I'm on leave too. So, oh, um, of course you are. Yeah, of course <laughs> I am. I'm in a permanent state of leave. So, yeah, there's the yellow leaf hoppers, which we've discussed, and they're sort of marauding through. Oh, they just destroyed my. What do they look like? They're yellow. When you go, there's like a blur. They seem to. They're a leaf hopper, so they yeah, so they just hop. So they're like a little cicada, basically. Yeah, a little how, t- how small? What oh, are we're they talking, the same we're talking, size we're as? talking five millimeters long. We have a slight yellow tinge to them, mm-hmm. and they're everywhere, and, and they've really just hammered the herbs. Oh, okay. So I've um, trimmed back the herbs. I'm actually going because now the caterpillars are there too. So today mm-hmm. I went in the garden and said, "What's going on here?" Before we go in, <laughs> so there's baby spadoptera, and I actually use um, the Google Lens app, and it identified them correctly mm. so that was really good so there you go folks google lens i've heard yeah. a bit about this and does that do plants as well yes it does oh. does everything but insects are particularly difficult but it actually it, it called them t- tobacco moth and it got them right which is wow. pedoptera latura so these are a little gray at the moment and a little bit hairy they actually um not too hairy just a few hairs they actually turn into those big black grubs with the eye spots uh, okay now yeah. once they get more than two centimeters long the only chemical that works is your foot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. that even, I'm talking hard chemicals, soft chemicals, anything. They're you just impervious. Yeah, just, mm. they just to- tolerate it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you need to get in there. So they're attacking the tomatoes, the diamondback moth, they're, the little grubs are into my rocket and I only mm. planted it a week ago and there's already caterpillars on it. So See? I'm... Plant it and they will come. That's right. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> well, they come all right. Yeah. And it's really interesting this year. Um, a lot of people I've spoken to have said that with all the extra rain and that and the cooler conditions, that the insects have actually just gone nuts in the, in the herb patches. And, and this is professional gardeners everywhere. They've all complained. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've got look out the window now. We've still got overcast. So uh, when we get the really hot days, that will drive things away. But I've noticed, and it's a bit late, but the hoverflies are out there now. So yeah. they've only actually been, they're usually a month earlier. Mm. Yes. Everything's yeah. later, right? Everything's late. Yeah. And we're still getting people ring up the Pest and Disease Information Service saying, mm. um, oh, these things, these little bee wasp things all in my garden. I've been trying to kill them. So we're trying to educate people that hoverflies are the good guys. Mm. And their larvae, which look pretty ugly too. People, oh, but they're not ugly. People, they look like little caterpillars. Yeah, I know. But they're, yeah, people say they're, they're hideous for the look of it. Yeah, so I know they're cute. <laughs> and I agree with you, Faye, but a lot of people think so. They're squashing them too. So oh. the, the larvae eat the aphids, right? And the adults eat the aphids. So we leave them alone and the aphid problem goes away. And so, white flies being prolific out there Yes, too. well, they like... Um, um, yeah, well, so it's greenhouse white flies. So they don't like cold, but they like... The, um, you know, sort of 20 degree plus yeah. um, um, and days and and not dry because they're quite fragile. So they're another uh, a sort of a, the, the adults don't do a lot, but the, the nymphs do, they're sort of a, a sucking type mm. insect as well. So yeah, so they'll be under the leaves and yeah, that'll be another are. cloud. That won't be a slight so, yellow tinged cloud. This no. will be a white cloud. That, yeah, if, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So How's it go, Ray? Poof. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't see the hand actions in radio, did you? <laughs> it was great. So yeah, so the, everything is coming out at the moment. Um, uh, so yeah, um, yeah, a lot of people, even with native flower wasps, are coming out now, and people are getting them confused. And so the native flower wasps—they're the ones that 
pollinate your lovely orchids, your native orchids. So we don't want people killing them either. But they look like European wasps. They look like um, mm. the paper nest wasps. So yes, mm. we we need to look. So that's that's what's happening out there at the moment in insect land, anyway. And the the good pollinators, the what I've noticed this week are out in abundance mm. are the blue banded bees. Mm. Yeah, so everywhere. So if you're watching in your garden, particularly if it's a, a blue flower in your garden or even yellow. The bees will hover and they'll dart. They'll hover and they'll dart. And they won't always look blue. They can look white or even tan banded in colour. But their flight habit is quite different to an ordinary honeybee. And and I said they're very difficult on radio. I can't remember which station it was on. I said they're very difficult to take a photograph of because when you try and stalk them, they just shoot off. Anyway, but I they... had this woman, yeah, at night, I know, yeah, but this woman took this fantastic photograph and sent it in and said, here, you can photograph. And I must dig it up. It was just the mo- most amazing photograph. But at night, they're a solitary bee, but at night, they all get together. and, and The boys. Of, the boys. And they just cuddle up to one another and, and, and yeah. sleep and stay warm. But if you track the blue-banded bees, so you can do it with your phone, you track them, they will go to one flower, then they'll come out, hover, and buzz to another. And if you keep on that flower and frame that bunch of flowers, then they'll often go quite close, if they're girls, because they'll be collecting the pollen pollen and nectar. But if they're boys, they will come around and they'll buzz, they'll look at a flower, they'll inspect it, and they'll buzz off again. And the boys will do the laps looking for the girls. Mm. They don't hang around in the flowers. And what about this new insect going back a few weeks ago that we were alerted to that attacks, I think it's mangoes. Okay. Do we know? It was like come up on on our insect Facebook page, Faye. Oh, Ray, that is like three years in my memory. (laughs) There was a a fruit borer um, that attacks mangoes and now we've found it on citrus for the first time. Mm. Or was it the other way around? Yeah, was it Jinjin, the mango? Yeah, there was... Yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah, it's the citrus. Yeah, it's a citrus. It's a citrus caterpillar, I think. Because I, I, it was a caterpillar. Yeah, I was just told about the other day when mm. I was into work because that we call that a range extension. Oh, actually, a host extension. We yep. can have range and host. So, when the information comes in through, mm. we pick stuff up like you know, from radio, from Facebook. We pick it up from all over the place, and then we ask for the insect or the disease symptoms to be sent in. Mm. And yeah, so we get something that might be a mango pest. Mm. So, and then we find it gets onto oranges. So that's called a host extension. And then we find it in a different area. Like it might have mm. only been found like um, our giant grasshoppers. They only used to be found up north, but now mm. they're found in Perth. So that's a range extension. So we, we map all that stuff yeah. uh, because that's useful for trade negotiations and things like that. That shows you that we've got a really good handle on where all the insects are and all the diseases are. Yeah. And it builds trust in our trade system. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. so that's why that was so important to us because there's a new host. And yeah, so people check your um, check your leaves, check your mangoes, yep. check your citrus. If you if you see anything's been eaten, instead of just noting that it's been eaten, inspect under your leaves, the trunks, look for anything different. Swarf, whether or sugar volcanoes yep. or yep. another sign. Well, this of- is for the polyphagus, which. Now, so if anybody's got big Morton Bay figs and they're dropping limbs, please contact the department because we've found that recently they're really starting to have a crack at the Morton Bay figs. Mm. I won't say what area, okay. but we're quite shocked with the devastation. Is and that so? Yeah. 
Okay. Hmm. All right, let's talk about a pong-pong tree. Martin, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks, Where's Martin. Good. Um, I have two pong-pong trees near my pool. Um, been in for about uh, three years, and they're about three metres high now. Um, but they seem to lose an awful lot of leaves um, and an awful lot of yellowing of the leaves, quite severely yellowing. do have um, quite good green growth at the ends of the branches, but the leaves just seem to be prolifically falling. I just wondered whether you had any ideas on that. Oh, well, I'm stumped at the the, um, the hearing the pong-pong tree. What, is, what is, is it that? Got, what colour are the flowers? Has it got pinky red flowers? Is it, yeah, it's oh. a cereba or cereba. Yeah, I think I know. That's um, yeah, it's a subtropical um, species. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is, is it? Yeah, it's in the Albizia family. I think. Okay, yeah. right. It's, it's, it's Albidian, yes, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, and and the reason I know it so well is that that's one that's just we found that it gets attacked by poly, polyphagous shot hole borer. Oh. Um, so I was doing some research on it just recently, but yeah, my parents have that. Yeah, it's quite tropical and. They were really hard, used to be hard to establish. You see a lot more of them now in the streets in Sydney. You, I mean, um, Brisbane, you see them more as street trees. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have no knowledge of it. Yeah, Sabira Adolam, and that's, a, in that's the, the one. That's the one. family. Is yeah. it? Give us a look at your photo. Mm. Apocanaceae, that's milkweed, French penny, etc. Okay. I'm thinking of something else then. That's what's coming up, yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, the one that I thought I thought it was the old busier. And but. a bear, it it throws a fruit, mm. Martin. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, and and the, apparently the fruits are quite poisonous. Very poisonous. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, and it's not it's not the one I'm thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. It's All right. A different one. Yeah. Yeah. So so no thoughts, guys, on on what it might be. I mean, the 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 the, the branch tips seem to be, you know, have a good good amount of green shoot on them, but all the leaves just seem to be. Wilting and dropping off, almost, almost to the stage where they look like a, you know, a frangie where they drop their leaves, you know. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, if it's tropical, it may be because of yeah, um, it's just shedding and 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 putting on all the new leaves. Some. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these plants will be deciduous or semi-deciduous, and mm. some of mm. them will, you know, unlike uh, a lot of our trees that will drop leaves in winter. Yep. Some yep. will drop it at different times of the year. So I wonder if it's a seasonal. Thing that's yeah. quite natural. Yeah, it could be because my avocados at the moment are just dropping all their old leaves and mm. just putting on brand new flushes. So this might be the same sort of thing because that you know, avocados, you think, um, yeah, they're sort of like a subtropical tree as well. So, so it's, it's funny because when you when you first glance at them, you you could could mistake it for a uh, an avocado tree. To be honest, when you first uh, first glance, you know, then right. you got to look a bit more at it. That it's uh, you can see it's not, you know. So yeah, okay. Well, look, I'll just. I mean, I. I don't think it's dying as such, but I think it could have been healthier. So let's just see how we go. Yeah, eh? yeah. so yeah. Mon- monitor it, Martin, and, and yeah. let us know. Yeah. Sure. Okay, no worries. All Very right, good. thank you. Thanks, okay. Martin. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And Lynn of Hamilton phoned in and she's saying that she's very happy to have blue banded bees in her garden. Absolutely, yes, Lynn, for Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. They're great, aren't they? And we... Oh, and Brian of North Perth is wishing us a Merry Christmas and he's enjoyed our program over the past year. Thank you, Brian. We have one more show to go and uh, we wish the same for you and your your family, of course. Let's head to... Oh, actually, no, let me... It gets so busy in here. I'm going to have a short break. When I return, I'm going to be chatting with Rosa uh, about some good news that she has discovered in her garden. Excellent. 
with Ray and Faye and our special guest, Dr. Daryl Hardy, in the studio with us straight back out to the lines. We're talking about a mango tree. We are in Burragoon. Harold, hi. Hi. How's it going? Are you there, Harold? Harold, yeah. we need you to turn off your yeah, radio. radio. Okay, sweetie. Thanks. Yes, I've got a mango tree which is about 30 years old. It's prolific Kensington pride fruiter up until a couple of years ago. Last year, it produced three mangoes, and I was very kindly left with their seeds by the rats. Oh, I nice. Some kind of a fungus on the leaves, somebody's been telling me. Anthracnose. Yeah. Funny. Is there anything that I, I was need to spray all over the whole tree. It's a huge one. And I've cleaned out the center part of it, as I was advised a few weeks ago by your people. Any ideas? The spray? It, it quite possibly is anthracnose. In fact, we had a caller first in this morning. Um, one of the things that I had um, feedback that worked was anti-rot applied to the tree. Seemed to help. And the other thing, Fran, thracnose, anti-rot. N-T-I-R-O-T? Yes. And the other thing was mancozeb. Yeah. <clears throat> so the main problem is there's not a lot of fungicides that are available to backyarders. Commercially, well, there are lots. The fungicide is only peculiar to the mango tree. Yeah, that's right. So your problem is the size of the tree mm. is covering it too. And then, of course, you've got spray drift. So... In the past, we've had issues like this with neighbours and things like that. What we've suggested, or what I've suggested, is that, that I mean, and a tree, a big tree is great, but if you want to keep it productive and be able to yeah. access the fruit and keep the rats at bay a little bit, is reduce the size of the tree. Um, and then if you do get a, a fungal outbreak, and then you can spray it. Plus the other thing, a fungal outbreak, if the humidity is really up, that encourages it to spread. So if you open it up and reduce the canopy, um, yeah, you'll find that you'll get better fruiting and you'll be able to pick the fruit. Part, but it's a huge tree, so I need to cut it down quite a bit. Yeah, but I wouldn't chop it all down at once. So I'd just do it as a stage thing over a few years, But um, and you can okay. do different parts of the tree. Um, you'll, you'll notice that if you go to Carnarvon now, I mean, back in the 70s when I worked up there, all the mango trees were huge. Now they're kept really more manageable more manageable because mm -hmm. osh issues of people picking the fruit and all that sort of thing so yeah, yeah. and they've actually the husbandry is such that they can get as much fruit off a um a tree that's kept under control uh, rather than a large tree so and what is the name of the fungicide can you spell it yeah there's one called anti-rot and there's another one called mencozeb so how do you spell that mencozeb m-a-n so it's for manganese and then it's copper so c-o-z-e-b Manco and, and or anti rot. Yeah, <clears throat> I've got that. Yeah. And this other one is N M A N C O Z E B. Z E B. Yep. Manco Zeb. Yep. Thanks, Harold, and good luck. Yeah. Yep. Thank Thanks you. very much. Take okay. Bye. You. Have a good day. You, you too. too. Let's head to Beckham. Sorry, excuse my voice, and see what's good in Rosa's garden. We're we're all ears, Rosa. Go ahead. Um, a couple of weeks, some weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, that I um, asked about um, Christmas spiders. 
Yes, yes, yes. And I said, I haven't seen them for years. Yep. Well, I've got a right. kangaroo paw down the back, and I went to cut all the frongs, off, dead frongs off, and I found a baby uh, Christmas spider. And I'm keeping an eye on it, and it's growing beautifully, and it's in a safe area. And I was so excited because I haven't seen one for years. Yep. And you know what? I I think on the insect Facebook group, someone also posted a photo. So they were late this year, but they they started to come out on the radar after your call. <laughs> oh yeah, because I, I haven't seen one for years in my garden. I used to have them all the time. Yeah. But I was so excited to see this little little tiny spider and realised it was a Christmas spider. I was so excited oh. and I've got lots. Of oh, them. that's fantastic. And this is why I keep saying to people, try not to spray insecticides in your garden because... You, yeah, you, I, I try. I try. My, I, I try to keep my, my garden natural. I try not to spray anything. Oh, good on you, Rosa. Thanks for the good yeah. news. Yeah, and I got lots of blue banded bees, and one of them's digging a, like holes <gasps> in between my pavers to, for a nest. I think. Yeah, that's what she'll be doing. And look out for where the boys are roosting on a, a little grass stem. You'll see them okay. around sunset. They start okay. to shuffle. Per, for pole position, they push each other out of bed, and it's like getting little kids to bed. It's like, oh, yeah. he he did this to me, or he pushed me. I want that spot. Yeah, <laughs> I need a drink of water. I need to go to the toilet, and they buzz off and carry on yeah, till they they're settle. So cute. They're <laughs> they so sure cute. Are. Thanks for your call, Rosa. Thank you. Have a nice day and have a nice Christmas. You, you too. too, Rosa. Cheers. So the Christmas by the Christmas spider. Um, when I was young, they always used to find them around um, Geraldton Wax. So, mm. they, yeah, they were prolific if you had Geraldton Wax. And I think they like um, that style of of tree or bush, yeah. you know, tight foliage. Um, yeah, and the colour suits them. Yeah, they're, 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 I mean, back in those days, you only had the, the purple and the white ones. Mm. So that was it. Mm. You wanted to say something, Faye? Well, we've You've got, got a, a heap of emails and it's time... Well, I need to have a short break. Yeah, Did you want right. to speak about any emails or after the break? Okay. Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. Fair and time. we're just we're only going to get through a couple of yeah. emails before we finish we the show. Off. So we hope yeah. listeners have been pretty happy with our content today and we will follow up on these other emails later. This comes in from Mick of Two Rocks and he sent in uh, an email with the title Killer Vines and he's showing some yeah. what looks like bushland, yeah. heathland and from what I can see I suspect this is like a dodder. Now there are many types of dodder, there is one that's native but there are some that are declared weeds Right. Um, so we'd probably want some more more detailed photos perhaps with the flower um, but another vine that I see here, it it's in a distance, so I can't see close up, but it's possibly a white clematis, which mm-hmm. is a, a West Australian native. Mm. Um, this is a, a plug for the My Pest Guide reporter app. That's right, yeah. Um, that would be certainly, so, Daryl, you yeah. can lead so, away with that. Yeah, so just go to the um, Google um, Play or to um, the iPhone equivalent and just download My Pest Guide Reporter app, take a couple of pictures, uh, enable the G or the GPS will be on, leave it on and just saying, are these exotics? Uh, is this something to worry about? Can a weed specialist look at it and um, they'll get onto it. 
So, yep, that's great. And another email that we got from Phil, and this is about an avocado. So there's signs of the leaves having been munched. I thought possibly grasshoppers or weevils. Yeah, or even caterpillars. Yeah. yeah. So you can check your plants at night. Go out with a torch and have a look at the undersides of leaves as well. Um, another call we got in earlier this morning was about avocado not flowering. It's nine years old. Another one's flowering but not fruiting. Of course, they have a peculiar sex life. But as Daryl said, uh, plants that are grown from seed can actually take <laughs> nine Many years, years or, more. or maybe 18. Yeah, or, or maybe not flower at all and, yeah. and fruit at all. And it's, the other thing with just the flowering, um, yeah, they can be pretty fickle. You've really got to keep the potash up to them. And you, you don't want the winds and rain at, yes. at the wrong time because that can affect them. So we're, we're going to leave the emails there for now. Um, mm. We do have some sad news for our listeners we as we sure finish do. the show. Um, <coughs> yeah. As we close our show, so came to the end of a life of an amazing man, yeah. a man, a legend who will live on in our gardens right across Forever. the state. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's bought roses over the years from Melville's Rose and Garden, we need to share the sad news that Bob Melville senior, I yeah. guess, passed away in his garden yeah, last Saturday. Last Saturday. And we actually spoke to Bob the Saturday before. And so who was to know? Who was to know? And we've had him on the show over the years and we're going to compile um, a podcast with all of his interviews and chats and we'll make that available for listeners to listen to because he's shared so much wonderful knowledge and information and he's, he's just a stalwart in the industry he's a legend um so he's established so much and brought so much to the garden industry the rose industry he's a rosarian uh and he was just a fabulous person and uh we were devastated to hear this news we love him to pieces and we're going to miss him terribly as i think our listeners well because i know you guys loved him i know you did because mm. what the feedback that we used to receive after we whenever we had bob the most down to earth straight to the <laughs> straight to the point uh person that we've really ever ever met absolutely adored him and we are devastated aren't we 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 are he is was the current president of the rose society he was a member of our perth garden club he was a man who in his mid-70s embarked on creating a new garden yeah of a scale and which was that? outstanding that with hundreds of year. roses yes yeah. he opened it with the open yeah. garden scheme and hundreds of people went went to that garden i mean what he achieved in his lifetime has been incredible and he is a legend he he will be sadly missed yes absolutely so uh on that note we're going to wind up our show and we're just going to play a song in bob's honor and so we're going to say cheerio to you look after yourselves out there we will be returning next uh saturday that will be our last show for the year Thank you, Daryl. Yep, thank you very so much for having me in. Yeah, and yeah, I'll just add one thing about Bob. Yeah, I mean, Please. he was great to sort of argue with. I love the the, the <laughs> oh, banter. Yes. Yeah, backwards and forwards. So, oh yeah, yes. yeah, I'll miss that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, everyone, look after yourselves, and we'd just like to dedicate this song, which Faye has chosen uh, for Bob. Take care of yourselves.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.